Welcome to the Fire Church Podcast. Today we pray Holy Spirit will speak through this message and into your life right where you are. Hey, how you guys doing? Come on. Can we just give God a shout of praise? He's good. He's here. Amen. Amen. So good to be here. Wow. Worship team, that was amazing. Y'all are awesome. Y'all are awesome. Give these guys a big hand. So good. That was like a golf clap. Let's do a Super Bowl clap for the worship team. Come on. So good. Ah, Australia. I love your accent. Somebody told me yesterday, oh, love your accent. I said, you sound so, you just sound smart. I, I sound smart because I'm American. I'm like, I told my wife, I've got them all fooled. <laughs> so good. Hey, it's such an honor to be here with you guys. I just, uh, I love Australia. It's my third time being here in your great, beautiful nation. And uh, I love the people of Australia. I have lots of friends back home that are Australian that have moved to Bethel. And, and um, so it's just an honor to be here. I really have faith for tonight. I really believe God's about to move and, uh, and touch, touch your life. How many guys know that uh, God just loves you. Amen. He's, he's passionate for you. We got any kids in the room? All right. Come on. Anybody else? We've got a couple kids right here. What's up, bud? Five. Come on. Let's go. So good. Any, any teenagers in the room? You guys teenagers back there? All right. Come on. A couple of kids. Beautiful. I was a youth pastor for almost 20 years. Full time. Bumped my head and just stayed in the ministry forever. Just kidding. So... Hey, God's on the move, amen? We're living in the greatest days on the planet. I wouldn't trade these days for any other time. God's moving. And um, I want my friend Jordan to come up here. Jordan's my personal assistant. And uh, he's going to come up here and he's going to share about a trip that he just did to Pakistan and how God moved through them. How's everyone doing? A lot of islanders in the room. Talofa. I used to be a missionary to Samoa and, uh, and to Papua New Guinea, and I was in New Zealand for some time, so I love you guys. <laughs> but I just want to tell you, I was just in Pakistan recently, and it was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. God's alive. And there was a moment, I'll tell you, I went there, I've been there three times now in Pakistan, and, and we run and we do gospel crusades. And as an American, I was a little scared <laughs> to go to Pakistan and do crusades for the gospel. You know, because you think that's maybe not the best place to do <laughs> crusades. So the first time I went preaching, and I was just amazed by God. Thousands of Muslims showing up. So these, we call them prayer festivals. And as we preach the gospel, they get radically saved. And the first time I went, I was super nervous. And I just said at the altar call, if, if you want to accept Jesus into your heart, then I want you to raise your hand. But no pressure. <laughs> you know, I'm a little nervous. By the third time, I, I just got back, third time, and this, this new boldness came on me. And when I did the altar call this time, I said, 
If you want to deny every God and accept only Jesus, and I said, every person Jesus called, he called publicly. You have to stand up. If you want to accept Jesus and deny everyone else, including your family, everyone, but Jesus, he's your number one. And I remember we were doing this event, and 6,000 Muslims stand up and say, I want to accept Jesus because he's here. He's alive. He's more real than ever before. There was a woman at one of these events. She had a, a tumor on her neck. And as we prayed in the name of Jesus, the tumor dissolved. And she came forward. And she showed us exactly where the tumor was. And I got to touch and feel that it was completely gone. And uh, just so good. Blind eyes are being opened. The lame are walking. And, and I just want to share a little bit that revival is happening not just uh, in Pakistan, not just in America, but it's happening here in Australia. Come on. Healing is happening right now. And even I actually used to live on the sunny coast years ago, and since coming back here, I've just realized we were just talking with people on the street, and I just felt, I told Tom, I said, people seem more desperate for God than ever before. I went up to some guy and said, hey, Jesus loves you so much. He's got a great plan for your life. And he was, what? You know, people are hungry here. Australia is ready. Come on, revival is now. <laughs> Amen. So bless you guys. I'm so excited for tonight. Just be ready to receive for what Tom's about to, to impart to you. Because you're about to be so activated that you're going to share with your whole community, your whole school, everywhere you're working. You're going to be a, a, a Jesus junkie. <laughs> Amen. All right, bless you guys. Come on, give Jordan a big hand. Thanks, buddy. So good. Hey, I wrote a book, just to get this out of the way, it's called Your Life Speaks. I wrote this for kids and men, because it's small and full of stories. Amen. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, I'm feeling cantankerous tonight. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm just kidding. Uh, you know, how many guys know that the voices that we listen to, the critic in our own head, the beliefs that we carry, the encounters that we have, they all shape a message that's coming out of our life. And, and that's what people are, are, are listening to. How many of you guys know people aren't reading the Bible, but they are reading us? And you actually carry an atmosphere as a believer in Christ. You carry an atmosphere that when people get around you, things begin to happen in that atmosphere because whatever overshadows you is what flows through you. Amen? See, I'll never forget years ago, I'm sitting there in a, in a revival service, and I was thinking about the kingdom of God and where the kingdom of God is, and all of a sudden, the Lord said to me, Luke 17. I, I went to there, and that's where Jesus was talking, and the disciples and the Pharisees, and they were having this conversation, and, and Jesus said, you know, people are going to say, the kingdom of God's over there, or it's over there, and Jesus said, don't follow him. The kingdom of God is within you. It's in you. And we're on this journey of learning how to operate in the kingdom of God. You know, I remember when I first got an iPhone. I don't have it here, but I'll just use my iPad for example. When I first got an iPhone, uh, you know, and I knew, I knew how to turn it on. I knew how to check a couple of apps. 
and look around it a little bit and just enough to be dangerous, right? But I needed to get around some of these millennials to help me really understand how to use my iPhone. And I still do constantly. I'm like, Jordan, fix that. Let's throw my phone at him. <laughs> because how many of you guys know that there's a lot of capability inside the iPhone that we actually don't access? There's a lot in the kingdom inside of us that we actually don't access. We're on this journey of learning what God is like and who he is and how he moves through us. I'm not perfect today, but I'm a lot better than I used to be. Amen. And so this book is full of stories and examples of people uh, getting radically set free. Somebody got raised from the dead by a teenager in Utah, and I tell that story right here. And... Um, you know, my wife, my daughter and I, we went to Barnes & Noble the other day, and we were getting some, something, and we, we go to the checkout line. My daughter, she's 14 years old, and she's just radical for Christ. She's in a secular school, and um, right there in the middle of class, she looked at some of her friends and said, let's see if one of your legs is shorter than the other. In the middle of class, in a secular school, she's fearless. Pulls these legs up and says, look, it's shorter than the other. This, this kid who's raised in an atheist home, her dad hates God, hates us, hates Bethel. But my daughter's loving on this kid, grabs her legs, pulls it up, looks at it, says, oh, it's shorter. And it grows out. Her, her, her foot immediately starts tingling. And my daughter's just witnessing to this girl. And she's starting to believe in Jesus. And, and my, my daughter's like winning her to Christ. It's amazing how she's just standing bold for God. So my daughter and I were at Barnes & Noble the other day, and we're sitting there. And, uh, and we go to the checkout line, and there's this girl standing there in front of us, and she's got what looked like a board game. And it was actually, I looked, and it was a Ouija board. And I said in my own mind, oh, she ain't leaving out of this place with that dumb thing. But before I could get a word out of my mouth, she turns around, she got into our atmosphere, Pastor Alex. And when she got close enough, she turns around, and she looks at me, and she goes, would you guys do this? Now, I didn't have a Jesus t-shirt on. I had a black shirt on. I wasn't like a billboard for God. I was just a dad. But when she got close enough to us, would you guys do this? She wanted to know what was she looking for. Direction. Somebody to help her. Somebody to help her in, her in her process, in her pain. People, it's a fatherless orphan generation looking for parents, looking for somebody to give them comfort and direction. And I looked at her, and I was just honest. And I said, nope, absolutely not. She's like, why? And I said, that's a fast way to invite demons into your life and confuse your life. I was really kind and just soft. I said, she's like, really? And I said, yeah, that's, that's a devil. You, you, you'll invite demons into your life with that thing, and it will confuse you. Well, God will forgive me. I said, well, yeah, he'll forgive you, but you're going to have all sorts of confusion and open doors in your life. You're going to jack yourself up if you start doing that stuff right there. I said, tell you what, you obviously want to hear from God. Yeah, I, I kind of do. I said, well, why don't we just invite the Holy Spirit right here, right now, and God's going to talk to you right now through my daughter and I. You don't need that stuff. And she's like, okay. So right there in the checkout line at Barnes & Noble, we said, come Holy Spirit. And God came. My daughter gets a couple of prophetic words for her. I do. And she's just kind of sitting there. And then I got a really specific word. I saw the number three, and I saw Trauma. And I said, I just saw the number three. I don't know if it was three years old, and I just saw trauma. Does that mean anything to you? And she goes, yeah, you know, I've had three kids and lost all of them, and it was traumatic. 
And I said, isn't it amazing that I'm standing here with my daughter and I'm a good father? Thank you very much. And I said, and we're here talking to you about Jesus. And she opens up with some pain in her life and just got to be there for her. And she said, can I give you a hug? Sure. Gives me a hug and then just leaves the Ouija board and just walks outside. Just leaves. It's amazing. Your life speaks. August 15th. Is that anybody's birthday in the room? August 15th. There's an anniversary. How about uh, September 12th? Hey, right. Here you go. September 12th. Come on. Ready, ready to read this? Okay. You're gonna, you look dangerous in the kingdom, I tell you what. She is. She knows. All right. Somebody with the green prayer thing validated for her. It's wonderful. Hey, grab your Bibles. Go to 2 Kings chapter 7. And I promise we're going to eventually make this meeting legal with some scripture. But I want to tell you right now, God's, God's moving all over the world. He is moving all over the planet. He's moving in places he's not supposed to be moving, like Iran, like China. You know, people all over the world today, they're looking for like, you know, who's going to comfort me in my pain? What's really true? What's really going on in the world? And, you know, a lot of people are looking to different things, different sources to try and find strength. I posted something on Instagram the other day that, you know, you say you, say you don't believe in the Bible because a man wrote it, because people wrote it, but yet you trust, you trust the news, you trust your horoscope, you trust, you know, journals, you trust all this other stuff. Really? What sources are we looking to to find strength to find God? You know what's amazing is years ago, one of the dumbest religions in the world called Scientology, Ron L. Hubbard, wrote a bunch of books, and he wrote all this stuff about Scientology. And, and his, his followers, when he died, they decided to gather up all of his words because they were so important that they wanted to preserve these words. And so they, they took all these words, and they, they found, they, they bought some piece of real estate down in New Mexico, Arizona, somewhere, and, and they dug a big hole in the ground and, and put a titanium steel, they spent millions and millions and millions of dollars to build this titanium steel vault to hide his words so that they could be preserved forever. And as they put his words down in this vault, those words began to decay, it began to lose their allure as the world looks on Scientology as a smorgasbord of confusion and begins to forget about it. And here's what's amazing. Jesus came along 2,000 years ago and began to speak. His followers weren't digging a hole in the ground to try and hide his words to preserve them. Jesus just spoke into the atmosphere, not trying to get anybody to actually take his words and hide them into the ground, but he just spoke them knowing that the living word was so powerful that nothing could actually contain the living words. He spoke them into the atmosphere in such a powerful way because it was the word of his father speaking through him that those words have carried on 2,000 years later. Over 52 nations today would say the Bible is illegal in their country, yet the word of God is exploding in their nations. You can't even, you can't, his words are not in a vault in the ground. Nations that are trying to keep his word out can't even stop it from spreading. 
Yet Ron L. Hubbard's words are going to pass away like everybody else, like every other false religion in this world. But Christ and his words will remain forever. The word of God is alive, and this is the source we can go to. Amen. His word is releasing revival. It's revealing who God is, and it's revealing who we are in Christ. Amen. He's alive. You know, we went to, we started a ministry here a couple, about a year and a half ago, called One Hope for America. I'm looking at all the bad news and all the stuff going on in the world, and I'm provoked in my spirit. I want to see something happen. In America, I want to see revival. Y'all are watching the news thinking, man, crazy Americans, what are they doing over there? I don't know, really, I don't know. <laughs> I know my Australian accent is bad. I'm owning it, okay, I'm sorry. She's humoring me, I can see it. But I'm sitting there at my house one day and I'm praying and I said, God, what are we going to do to see America saved? And these words hit me in the face, one hope for America. Hadn't even been thinking about them. So long story short, we started a ministry. We've done a couple of crusades now, smaller crusades, but this last one we just did just last month, over 22 churches came together. 22 churches gathered around the cross, gathered around revival in their small town of Orville. It's about 80 miles south of Redding, California. We preached the gospel. Over 200 people got saved. There was miracles, signs, wonders. God moved in that little town of Orville. They'd never seen an event that big ever happen in their city before. It awakened something in hearts. We saw people coming in there with, uh, they were on parole. They got bracelets on, on their ankles, calling their parole officers at the end of the night. Hey, can I stay late so I can get baptized? God was moving in hunger. You see, oftentimes we're like, well, revival's going to come one day. and I believe it's going to come. I'm believing it's going to come. No, revival's in you. God moves with those who move. And he's waiting for somebody to actually take God at his word and just move and go do something. It's amazing that God does something with people who actually do something. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, we should do something. Amen. So a little bit about me. Most of you guys probably don't know who I am, but I was born and raised in Salt Lake City, Utah. No, I was never Mormon. Just get out of the way. And I only have one wife. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Been happily married 23 years. I know I look like I got married when I was 12, but, you know, she keeps me young. My two kids are awesome, 18 and 14. And um, we, have, we have a lot of fun. But, you know, God is, God is, God is moving with those who move. And I completely forgot why I was telling you about my family right there. Just going to be honest. But go with me in your Bibles here to, to 2 Kings chapter 7. And I want to talk about the revival that I believe is coming to Australia. The revival that's coming to your country. Look at your neighbor and say, revival is here. It's right here right now. Revival is actually an overflow of a person's relationship with God. It's an overflow of knowing I've been purchased by Christ. I belong to him. And my life is his. Amen? 
before we go real fast, I want to read Matthew 4.23. Jesus, he went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, healing, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing all kinds of sickness and disease. And among the people, and his fame went throughout Syria. And they brought to him all the sick who were afflicted with various diseases and torments, and those who were demon-possessed and epileptics, and he healed them. Jesus, this is what he was doing. How many guys know, follow me for a second, Jesus is not on the earth anymore. He's at the right hand of the Father, but he sent the Holy Spirit, and he's looking for somebody that he can become the Word made f- through flesh again. Why? Because Jesus is in you, and he's in you, and he's in you by the power of the Holy Spirit, and as we go, his presence moves in power through us. Listen, I'm telling you, when we begin to understand who lives inside of us, and can I say how to partner with the presence of God, you won't have room big enough to contain all the people that come to us. When you, Fire Church, get famous for healing marriages, for healing sick bodies, when you get famous for healing the paralytics, the epileptics, when you get famous for bringing an anxious mind into a sound mind, when you begin to understand how to, how to crack the code on, on a lot of this, we see people get healed constantly in Reading. We've had people driving into our town to come and get healed, and they passed the borderline, and one guy got his, I think it was his back or his neck, got completely healed when he just entered our city. Because there is, there is there's just a faith for it. How many of you guys want to be, have, be famous for the healing presence of God just flowing through your life? Amen. You want a story? Guys like stories. We have something called the healing rooms that happen at Bethel. And uh, they're a lot of fun. Because lots of people's minds just get played with. I like seeing people's heads played with. When they look at the preacher, the man of God, that's the one who does all the stuff. We had a guy come to our healing rooms one time. His name was Rick. Rick was a trucker, and Rick was an atheist, but Rick was diagnosed with four-stage esophageal cancer, and Rick was desperate. So this atheist, who was desperate, came to Bethel, (laughs) because maybe he could get the big man to lay hands on him and pray for him, Bill Johnson. So he comes to healing rooms. He fills out his piece of paper and what he, you know, what he needs, turns it in. He's standing there, and a nine or ten-year-old little boy walks up to him. <laughs> he walks up to him, and he says, hi, can I pray for you? And the guy's like, oh, my gosh. He's like, you know, six foot three. Standing there, and he's like, yep. So the kid comes up to him, puts his hand on his chest, and says, more, Lord, and a sledgehammer from heaven just went, hit this guy. He falls to the ground. And the kid hovers over him. More, Jesus. I like that. 
Guy's crying his face off. Power of God's just hitting him. His mind, it doesn't make sense. He wanted the other guy to pray for him, but this kid's just killing him. What the heck's going on? I didn't even think God was real. I have cancer. I might die, but wait a minute. Does this mean God's real? All in one power encounter. It gets up, and in two weeks, this fourth stage esophageal cancer was completely gone out of his life. Totally healed. Famous for healing the sick. I used to work really hard at trying to preach good sermons. I like to preach good sermons, but I like power better. Power preaches great sermons. We have a guy at our, who used to come to our church. He went to West Point. You guys know what West Point is? The military school. He was like, yes, sir. I mean, he was like, his name was Fred Weber. He was awesome. And he, he worked in the healing rooms. And when the kids came to the healing rooms, he led the children. So one day he gets all the kids together. Healing rooms are about to start. And he wants to know, hey, kids, who's God healing today? Who's the Lord touching? You know, and oftentimes we think you got to get into the prayer room and shut up, scream at God really loud. Oh, God, move in power. And I love prayer. Don't get me wrong. I love prayer. But sometimes we feel like we've got to impress God with our grunting. Like, God, I want you to move more than you actually want to. Blood vessel pops out of your eye, you know. We just believe God lives in us. God lives in these kids. And we can just relax because he actually wants to do it more than we want to do it. And if we just partner with the Holy Spirit and what he's already doing, I don't have to make up my own stuff. I just see what he's doing and join him. Amen. It's like the old story of a mouse and an elephant crossing a bridge together. And when they got to the other side, the mouse looked at the elephant and said, we sure shook that bridge. <laughs> That's what it's like walking with my father. The pressure's off. It's not on me. I'm just walking with him. He's in me. I'm learning how he flows through me. And he's upgrading my beliefs. It's amazing what I believe about God and what I believe about myself is actually how the power flows through me. It's kind of frightening to think that I can believe lies and stop the move of God from flowing through me. Because when you believe the lie, you empower the liar. When you believe the truth, the Holy Spirit gets released. So oftentimes, children are the greatest revivalists because they've not been trained with all the religious thinking that activates disempowerment in people's lives. So let's just become like children. 
these little kids come together. Fred Weber's standing there. And he says, okay, kids, who's God healing today? And he gets the whiteboard out. And this little seven-year-old girl just goes, rabies. <laughs> He's like, okay. He had no faith for this. Fred was just like, I don't know what to, does that even exist right now in the world? He just writes down rabies on the board. He leaves the healing rooms. About 10 minutes later, he's walking around out in the sanctuary. And there's a couple there that flew over from India that needed prayer. He prays for the wife, and she gets touched. Prays for the daughter, she gets touched. Comes to the husband and says, how can I pray for you? And he says, well, I got bit by a dog, and I got pain in my knee. He just goes, wait a minute, wait a minute. (laughs) Do you have rabies? The guy says, yes, how'd you know that? This little girl just told us, prays for him. This wind came down out of the, just hits his leg and all the pain vanishes out of his knee. See, we're on a journey of learning how to just partner with the Holy Spirit. We're learning how he moves. 1997, I was at the Brownsville Revival School of Ministry. How many of you guys have heard of the Brownsville Revival? That was where I met my wife. 97, I got there. And um, first couple of months into school, David Hogan came to our school. I had never heard of him before, never seen him before, nothing. And he came and he was, you guys think he was intense yesterday. I'm telling you right now, back in 97, it was intense. Another level. He was training us. But he was shaping our faith. And he opened up Matthew chapter 10 and preached on Matthew chapter 10 for a week. Go preach the gospel of the kingdom. Heal the sick. Cast out demons. Raise the dead. Cleanse lepers. Freely you've been given. Now go freely. Give it up is what he said to And he pounded that into us. So I became a youth pastor for a long time and did this with kids. And I saw so many people get set free. I've seen thousands of people get set free from pornography addiction over the years. Thousands. That's just easy to see that one broken. It's just easy. Jesus paid the price for it. Sometimes we're just white knuckling it to just see a revival we just gotta get the right tool it's called step into the light and the blood of jesus cleanses us from all sin you have fellowship with one another and bam you don't have to white knuckle it your whole life with that one amen just put your affection right now towards the lord right now just just tell him you love him jesus we love you Thank you, God. Isn't he good? Isn't he good? Opened up a youth camp one time. I'm sick and tired of seeing teenagers with self-hatred cut themselves. So I opened up youth camp, and I said, cutting scars are going to be van- are gonna vanish off of people's arms in this youth camp. There's a kid sitting out there with scars all over her arms, and she heard that declaration. She thought, that'd be amazing. 
by the end of the week, all of her scars vanished. Heal the sick. Cast out demons. Cleanse those who have leprosy. Modern-day leprosy is the spirit of rejection and shame, fear and anxiety, mental torment. So I go back to Bethel on a Sunday night with that testimony. I'm excited. So I open up the night service, and I declared the testimony of how this girl just got set free. Her cutting scars vanished off her arm. There's another teenager in the room who's got lots of scars on her arms, raised in a fatherless home, lots of pain. And she said to herself, oh, my gosh, that'd be amazing. And then her next thought was, but that's just stupid. That can't happen. No way. So then they're sitting there in the middle of worship, and they look down at her arms, and her school teacher brought her to church. What a good teacher. That's a, that's a teacher right there. This girl was getting wrecked by God. They looked down at her arms, and her cutting scars were already lighter than they were at the beginning of the service. She comes back a month later, and her scars were gone. On the very top of her skin, you could see where it used to be marred, but the, the red scars, there was no more red. I talked to a wound and trauma nurse on an airplane one time who worked at Mercy Hospital. They talked about the four stages of healing that happens with your skin and how long it takes. And the, she said, the fact that that was that fast, I don't know how to, I don't know how to explain that. And it's because I can explain it. I have a king that lives and reigns above all impossibilities. And when I learn how to make a declaration with what he has said and just release it, I actually am partnering with his realm, the realm of the spirit, to bring it on earth as it is in heaven. That girl comes to me a month later. All them scars were gone. She said, Tom, you're not going to believe it. It's not the only thing that happened. I said, what else happened? She said, I got my prayer language. And I began to have visions and dreams, and God began to move in my life, and she got absolutely touched by God. We're seeing kids right now in our youth ministry come to our youth, youth services that are, are battling transgenderism, homosexuality, and they are getting radically transformed right now. I just talked to my youth pastor the other day. And he's telling stories. He's just talking about it. It's about kids just getting. Listen, the world will tell you, you know, all sorts of garbage and lies. Government, all that stuff. They don't replace God. They don't replace your family. And I'm telling you right now, God's moving. And kids are, get, kids are getting set free. Because the truth is proclaimed. The gospel is proclaimed. When we get famous for healing the sick, you won't have room enough to contain all that God wants to do. Jesus didn't. Amen? Well, praise God. Second Kings chapter 6, 7. We should probably do this, sure. Just right now, put your hand on your person next to you and just pray in the spirit for a minute. Thank you, God. Woo. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How many of you guys know there's no confusion in heaven? No cutting scars in heaven. Come on. No cancer in heaven. 
Thank you, God. This is how Jesus taught us how to pray and how to move. I don't know about you, but I refuse to make up theology that empowers a disempowered devil. <laughs> yes, God. Say this right now. Say, I want it. I want to carry revival. How many guys have had an encounter with God? Come on. How many guys know once you have an encounter, you become an encounter for somebody else? Born and raised in Salt Lake City, Utah, I knew God as a child. Started hanging out with the wrong friends in seventh grade. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. <laughs> Started making choices that were contrary to my faith. Lots of pain, confusion in my life. And I prayed. I, I looked up at the sky and I said, God, if you're real, I want to know you. I was in 17 years old or so. I don't want religion. I don't want man's ways. I want, I want to know God. And I began to read the Bible for myself, just trying to find God. One night on a Sunday night, somebody gave an altar call. Couldn't tell you even what they preached on. But they just said, if you want more of God, come down here. And I, I took a step of faith. I looked at my dad and I just said, I'm going to go down there. And I came up front. I sat down in Salt Lake City, Utah, of all places. And I prayed, Pastor Alex, the deepest theological impressive prayer that moved heaven you could ever imagine. I just said, God, I'm here. It was just a, a heart posture of surrender. And I wasn't ready for what happened next. The presence of God just overshadowed me like liquid love. Some of you guys have known what I'm talking about. The liquid love of the Father came over me. The eyes of heaven came on me. And I, I just forgot everything around me. I felt completely known and completely accepted at the same time. And the mercy of God that touched me it was what transformed my life. I began to weep and cry. I had snot hanging from my face to the floor. It was disgusting. <laughs> All dignity was gone. You know what was amazing? Is God didn't bring up my sin once. He didn't punish me for where I'd been. He took my punishment on the cross for himself. He paid the price. He took my place on the cross. And when Jesus took your place on the cross, he didn't just die to forgive you. He died as you. He died. He took Tom to the cross, and Tom died on the cross 2,000 years ago. And then I was buried in a grave with Christ. And three days later, when Jesus rose from the grave, I rose with him, and I became alive with Christ. It's called baptism. When you, get, when you come to Christ, you die. See, the reason why many times I think we don't see miracles and the power of God flowing is because we still believe lies like I'm still a sinner. I'm a sinner saved by grace. No, you're not. A, that's the biggest lie that the church has bought in the last 500 years. You're just a dirty sinner. You should repent every week, and you feel like garbage. You just beat yourself constantly for it, when the truth is you were a sinner. Everybody was born sinners. I was the, I was the world's biggest liar, I'll tell you that much. I used to lie so much, I didn't even know what the truth was. And when I came to Christ at 18 years old, Jesus came into my life, and I died. The, 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 the lying thing in me, it died. And when I came alive in Christ, I didn't just come alive with, well, I need to tell the truth now. I came alive with a passion for the truth. He put fire inside of me for righteousness, to be holy, because his Holy Spirit was in me. 
And everything changed. Amen? So when you got born again, that sin nature died in me. I'm no longer a sinner. I don't know about you guys, but when I read my Bible, and especially the book of Romans, the Bible says that I'm no longer a slave to sin in Romans 6. Consider yourselves dead to sin in Romans 6.11. That I'm no longer that old man, that I've been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live, but Christ now lives in me and the life I now live. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So I have to renew my mind to think righteously. Amen? I've received the DNA of heaven. And when I begin to believe like Jesus, I don't need to get saved again over and over again. I need to get transformed over and over again. Because when you get transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you'll be able to know and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. See, the world's waiting for you to discover who you are so they can step into their destiny. The world's waiting for you and I as the body of Christ to discover who we are as sons and daughters in God so that we, they can step into healing. Because when you know, I belong to the healer, they know who to come to for healing. Amen. Put your hand on your heart and say, the healer lives in me. The voice of God lives in me. Praise God. That's why I can stand there at a Barnes Noble and say, hey, you obviously want to hear from God. Let me help you with that. Because the will of God on earth as it is in heaven is right here. It's right there. Melbourne's looking for somebody who knows where heaven lives. I might get to this. Melbourne's looking for somebody who can actually tell them, can you make sense out of my pain? Well, come to church on Sunday morning. My pastor will tell you. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I mean, that's good. That's a good place to start. But, like, you tell them. Amen? Tom, that's scary. Yeah, I know. Actually, here's, can I, can I just be honest with you guys? I am a revivalist who carries the healing presence of God. And guess what? I'm actually terrible at healing people. I don't know how to heal anyone. There's my confession. Let's just take the pressure off of everybody. Tom, I'm supposed to go all these and raise the dead. How do I raise the dead? I don't know how to raise the dead. How do you, like, you know, get a prophetic word? It's a good question. There's lots of training you can go through, but the bottom line is everything we're asking you to do is not just hard. It's actually impossible. The Christian life from A to Z is, in fact, supernatural. Jesus told us, anybody, if you come to me, listen, I'm going to my Father. You're going to do greater works than I did. Greater works than Jesus? Are you kidding me? Jesus, I can barely make my bed sometimes, let alone walk on water. Like, what are you talking about? It's called supernatural. We had a young man named Caleb. We were youth pastors in, in Utah for five years. Young guy named Caleb. Caleb was, his dad was in jail. When he first came to our youth ministry, he was just a broken kid looking for love. And he 
I was in our youth service and I said, if, if you want to find out if God is real, lock yourself in your room, pray until he talks to you. This is what he said that I said. And he said, so I locked myself in my room and I prayed and then God talked to me and I knew he was real. I was like, whew, it worked, man. Praise, <laughs> praise God. <laughs> so he began to read Smith Wigglesworth and books and John G. Lake and all these different revivalists and he was just getting stirred for what God wants to do through his life. One day he gets a job at an aquatic center in Salt Lake City, Utah. Not the Bible Belt, but in Utah. And his very first day on the job, he's up there in the, as a lifeguard, and a guy over here on the side drank too much alcohol and ended up drowning in the pool. They pull him out of the water. He had no heartbeat. They stuck the EKGs on him. It was connected to a machine. The timer began to go. They were trying to resuscitate him. A minute goes by. Two minutes goes by. Three minutes goes by. Four minutes goes by. Caleb didn't have time to call a senior pastor to come down and pray for him. Five minutes goes by. This teenager is standing there with all these Mormons and different people around. They're looking at this kid on the ground who's dead. Six minutes, seven minutes goes by. It's got to be the longest seven minutes of his life. And he thinks to himself, this is my moment. I don't know why it took seven minutes to figure that out, but maybe the Lord was like waiting and then said, hey. So Caleb puts his hands out above the guy's head and in this, about this loud just says, Jesus, have your way. Instantly, the young man comes back to life, sits up, coughs up a bunch of blood and water, raised from the dead. Come on, man. How do you walk in revival? How are you the walking revival? You have an encounter, and you become the encounter for somebody else. How do you do that? You speak. You believe. You, 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 God puts you in a place where it's scary. He puts you around unbelievers that are not nice to your faith. Atheists and different people like that. And he just lives in you and then he just gives you words at the right moment. And the kingdom of God gets released through your life. What's happening? Your life is beginning to throw down the hors d'oeuvres of heaven for others to come to Christ. They begin to taste and see that the Lord is good through you, through me. You're a walking revival. That's what you are. I'm not good enough, Tom. Yeah, because you're still believing lies that you're still a sinner and not a saint. Scripture says to the saints in Ephesus, to the saints in Galatia. Was that just like formalities? Do the Catholics own that? No, it's because that's who you are. You're a saint. What does that mean? It means you have the nature of the Holy One living on the inside of you. You're no longer a sinner. Why do you believe all sorts of stuff about yourself? You've had an old, sometimes we have an Old Testament mindset about ourselves, which is why we have an Old Testament faith and not a New Testament reality. See, the old covenant is an external controlling mechanism that keeps us holy. But the new covenant 
is an internal form of grace that keeps us righteous. It's been, we've been imputed with righteousness. I've been imputed with righteousness. Like he lives inside of me, amen. Jesus lives in me. Jesus is alive, hallelujah. Jesus lives in me. And if I push myself and I put myself out there in situations, other people get touched by God. It's just, I love my life, it's too much fun. I was in Salt Lake City, Utah one time, right at the beginning of COVID. It's just hard ground in Salt Lake City. You know how many people I've had say, you know, I just don't know if God could move here. It's just hard ground. You don't understand. You know, I don't want to get to the Lord's, you know, the supper of the Lamb in heaven one day and see Peter who was crucified upside down and try to explain to him why I didn't do anything with my faith because it was hard ground. Look at Isaiah who was sawed in two. Or all of the 11 disciples who were martyred for Christ. I didn't do much because it was, it, was just, it was just too hard. There is no ground too hard for the gospel. Do you remember where Christianity was birthed? Underneath Nero, the Roman emperor, who, who was martyring Christians and throwing them in the lion's den? Like Christianity has always flourished underneath challenging times. What other way of God has ever done that? Only life in Christ. Man, that's amazing. That's amazing. Salt Lake City, Utah, my wife and I were there. I spoke at a church on a Sunday morning. We go out to a restaurant afterwards, and we sit down to eat, and this girl comes walking up. She's got a big old mask on her face. It was like giant. Barely see her eye. How many of you guys want to carry a revival? You're a walking revival. I want to rock the boat and provoke you to get out there. This is fun. This girl walks up and I said to her, I just looked at her. I'm going to teach you. How many of you guys want to flow in words of knowledge? Be activated. All right, here it is right here. It's going to be the easiest five-minute activation you'll ever hear, and then it's time for you to go do it. Okay. I looked at this girl, oh, this is perfect. Got me a tissue box right here. And I saw this, if this box was me, and these tissues were my thoughts coming to me, this thought came to me that was like this big. And that thought, when I looked at this girl, was a thought that I hadn't been thinking before she walked up. But I started thinking it right when she got there. And the thought was, She's in a season of dreaming. I hadn't even been thinking about that. So I looked at her and I said, excuse me, are you in a season of dreaming? And I don't even know her name. I don't know anything about her. Are you in a season of dreaming? And I pulled the thought. And she said, uh, yeah, kind of. Now here's what fear would say in that moment. Oh, okay, okay. if it's just kind of, okay, okay. But faith says, okay, cool. The next thought that popped up behind that was, are you an artist? And so I just said, are you an artist? And she goes, well, yeah, I am. The next thought was Japanese anime. So I said, Japanese anime, is that what you draw? And she goes, that's all I draw. How do you know that? And I said, do you have a brother? <laughs> I just kept going with what was 
How many of you guys know I, I have the mind of Christ? Do you have the mind of Christ? Does the mind of Christ live in you? Yes. Does the Holy Spirit live in you? Right? It's amazing what can happen with a sanctified imagination. An imagination that's imagining God moving. Why do you have an imagination? It's to imagine what God wants to do. Because he's looking for somebody who can imagine what he's doing. Why? Because you are living the ascended life. You're in heaven and on earth. Citizens of Christ. Citizens of the earth. But he lives in you. He's looking for somebody who can give his videos to, to show what he's about to do to flow through you. How many guys want to be the video of heaven flowing through you? This thought comes to me. You have a brother. Yeah. He, are you worried about him? Yeah, I kind of am. Who are you? What's the source of your power? Like, that's the question I'm looking for. I said, you know, Jesus said in John 14, 6, I didn't even tell her anything about Christ until this point. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. And that word life means zoe, like energy kind of life. And this is what I said to her. Are you ready? I said, the Holy Spirit, who knows your entire life, lives in me and is showing me glimpses of your life to show you three things. He loves you. He's real, and he's drawing you to himself. Instantly, whoo, I wish you could have been there. Instantly, the presence of God just goes whack. She begins to just weep. It was beautiful. She begins to just cry. And I said to her, as the love of God just begins to just touch her, I said, has anybody ever told you what it means to be born again? She goes, no, I've never heard of that. By the way, that's my experience with 19 out of 20 people today everywhere around the world, maybe even more. People have no idea. They couldn't get saved if they wanted to. So I said, sit down, I'll tell you. So she sat down, and I explained the gospel in five easy points. You all want to know what they are? You ready to be equipped? Go change the world? Here it is. I said, you're created in the image and likeness of God. Boy, is there ever a time we need to be declaring that when it's now? You are created and designed in the image and likeness of God. He made you. But something came into the world called sin that distorted everything going on. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to see that the world's in trouble, right? She goes, yeah. I say, well, sin is something we were all born with, and it's like a virus. And it's why we do things we're not proud of sometimes, like lie, stuff like that. She goes, yeah, totally. But Jesus loves you so much. God sent his son Jesus to come and die in your place on the cross. And he said these words, you must be born again. What's that mean? Where your old life dies with him on the cross and you get resurrected with him in new life. And you get born again by number four, repentance and faith. Turn from sin, turn towards God. And when you look at him, you get born again. You get a new life because it's by grace. You get saved. You can't earn it. None of us can earn it. And when you get born again, you become a number five, a new creation in Christ. You're a new creation. So I explained the gospel to her. She's sitting there and she's just rocked. She never even heard this before. But she's working. So then there's this tension because she's got to get back to work. But she's, God's talking to her. And so I said, do you want to surrender your life to Christ right now? And she said, it's kind of hard. I'm, I'm at work. I said, no problem. I gave her my book and walked away. When we walked outside, she got off work. She walks out to her car, gets in her car, and just starts reading my book as we drove away. I've seen that happen I don't know how many times. Just the power of God touching people. Because you just make yourself available. Because I'm a walking revival. And I know 
It's the will of God for every person I come in contact with to be touched by the Father. Second Peter 3.9 says that God is not willing that any would perish. I better say the word any. But that all would come to repentance. You know, what's amazing is the word all in the Greek means all. So that means as a son of God, when I come in contact with a person, I'm looking for what the Father is doing in my imagination. And the Holy Spirit oftentimes speaks to me and helps me so that people can come into an encounter with God themselves. Not everybody gets saved right away that I talk to, but there's lots of seeds that hit everybody. Amen? The Holy Spirit wants to baptize you in fire. He wants to baptize you in his presence so that everywhere we go, we're a walking overflow as his power flows through us to the people around us. His power wants to come on us. Amen. But we got to let go of some lies about our own selves. How many guys believe the destructive lies that, ah, you're just dumb and you just can't ever do nothing, you know, and you just feel shame for things of your past? How many guys ever feel shame for things of your past? Amen. We've all been there before. That's why the enemy works hard to get us to believe those lies. But we can right now, we can stand in the, I am the righteousness of God. Put your hand on your heart and say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I need to say it with some chutzpah. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. Hold on a second right there. We read that sometimes like this. If any man be in Christ, he's kind of a new creation. Some things have passed away. Behold, some things have become new. For honestly, we look at our own selves. I used to argue with a guy who was a worship leader years and years ago who got caught looking at porn. And then he got fired and shamed. And then he walked through the restoration process of shame and then rehired. And I used to argue with him. I'd say, bro, you are, you are not a sinner anymore. You're not an addict. No, no, no. My counselor said I'm always going to have this problem. I'm always going to be this way. I'd say, bro, that's a lie. That's against Scripture. Scripture says you're a new creation. You are not an addict anymore. No, 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 but I'm just always going to. And I used to argue with him because he was believing this lie that had been reinforced from a bad experience and terrible counseling. And this was his mechanism to stay free, a, a, punishment, a, a punishment mechanism to keep me free. What? That's not resurrection life. Resurrection life flows with mercy. Come on. Grace, the goodness of God. Amen. Man, what would happen if we actually believed the truth? You know, the only identity that matters is not your Enneagram, not your disc profile, not your bank account, not your status at your job, but it's your identity in Christ. That's the identity that matters, that I'm a son of God. I am an ambassador of Christ. 
I am loved by heaven and I am feared in hell. I'm a servant to people because I've been crucified to the, to the Lord. I, my life doesn't matter anymore. What matters is what he wants to do through me. And If I remain in that posture of heart, I just get to pounce on demons' heads, pounce on disease, pounce on cutting scars, and see the kingdom of God released on earth as it is in heaven. See the powers of darkness destroyed as Christ is manifested. What is revival? Revival is Jesus. Revival is when Jesus shows up through your life. How does Jesus show up through your life? I'm going to throw a track at him. Tracks aren't terrible, but that's not God's plan A, that's for sure. Your life is God's plan A. Amen? It's sharing what God has done in you to others. You know what's amazing? I'm going to end with this. Last night I was in the green room over there in sunny coast. Somebody created a charge, how do you say it? Charcuterie board. Carcuterie. Charcuteries. You millennials made up that word, I'll tell you right now. (laughs) I don't know what it, but I'm looking at this board and man, y'all cut up some kiwis in there. Now, I'm from California. We have kiwis, but we don't have Australian kiwis. I picked up that kiwi, and I ate it, and it was like, I said, this is like Christian crack right here, man. This is so good. (laughs) I began to eat more kiwis. I'm pounding kiwis. I'm just like, man, this is so good. I've eaten all these kiwis. Pretty soon, I made Jordan hungry for a kiwi just by him watching me eat kiwis. Sometimes we need to get delivered from our last evangelism experience. It feels like we have to force a Bible down somebody's throat when actually all you need to do is just eat kiwi in front of people. And they will want what you have. When they see how your marriage works, when they see how healing works, when they see you go through hard times with joy, they want what you have. I'm telling you, when we, when we let God fill us with his presence and power, everybody go ahead and stand. Let God fill us with his presence and power. The Holy Spirit, come. Thank you, God. We're a walking revival. He wants to put his presence on our lives. It's already in us. Amen. Put your hand on your heart. Jesus, thank you. You live in me. Thank you that I'm a walking revival. Thank you, God. You've called me to heal the sick, cast out demons, raise the dead, cleanse those that have leprosy. Because freely I've been given, freely I'm going to give. Thank you, God.
Thank you, God. Lord, would you come tonight, manifest your power, manifest your life, manifest your fire, manifest your glory right now on this room in Jesus' name. Manifest your glory. Come, Holy Spirit. Set captives free. Open up blind eyes. Open deaf ears. Calm anxious minds. Bring peace to fears. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Hey, if you're in this room right now, you feel like something just came on you. You just felt tingling. You felt fire on your face. You felt you felt something, some kind of manifestation of the Holy Spirit. If, that, if you just felt that, I want you to step out of your chair and just respond right now to God and come up here. Just respond and come up here. Thank you, God. There's going to be there's an anointing right now. It's about to increase in your life. It's about to increase in your life. It's about to increase in your life. Fire, fire of God. More, more, more. Thank you, God. Holy Spirit, come. Whoa, fire. Whoa, more. More. Oh. Fire. More. More. Come, Holy Spirit. Touch. hands up and say, I want it, God. More. More, more, more. Heaven's here. You guys feel that? Woo. Worship. 
Jesus, we worship you. Jesus, we worship you. Jesus, we worship you. We magnify you. Look to Jesus. We magnify the name of Jesus. We magnify the Lord. Say, Jesus, put me on like a glove. Ha, 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 Hey, I want you to pray for somebody at your work right now. How many of you guys work around somebody who needs the Lord? Yeah. Holy Spirit, give me your heart for them. Give me your word for them, God. Load me with blessing for them in Jesus' name. Fire. Touch my friend for his work, God. Touch him for his job, Jesus. Thank you, God. Say, Jesus, I want to carry revival. Now make, we're going to move from, from prayers of asking to prayers of declaration. You know why declarations are so important? Because it's acknowledging what's already happened. How many guys want to be healed? Yeah, we want to be healed. It's not a bad prayer to say, God, I want to be healed. But a biblical prayer is, I am healed. Because Isaiah 53 says, by your stripes, we are healed. Past tense. What's that mean? Purchased 2,000 years ago. Purchased. Ha, ha. So say, I am 
a walking revival. <laughs> Fire. Walking revival. Say, the Spirit of God lives in me. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Come on, guys. Fire. 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 Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Say, I'm loved unconditionally by the Father. The way He loves me, He will flow through me. Whoa, fire. Touch God. More, 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 more. Thank you, God. Woo! <laughs> yes, Jesus. More, God. Woo! Thank you, God. Oh, you know, sometimes we make revival so serious. We make it really serious, right? But I know that God, like, He likes to have fun through me. Because the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking and rules, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. I mean, many Christians look like they just got done drinking pickle juice. Which is why unbelievers are like, why would I want that? But man, we, we drink joy. I got a river of life flowing out of me. Woo! The presence of God flows with joy and peace in believing. The Holy Spirit comes more, more, more. Thank you, God. Hey, we had uh, somebody get healed of dyslexia in the sunny coast just a couple of days. Anybody here need healed of dyslexia? Right here, okay. Anybody else? Right here? All right. Anybody right here? Okay, come here, son. You have a Bible with you? He's going to get you a Bible. All right? So I prayed for this girl, and it was really simple. And, and the Lord touched her. So I'm going to pray for you. Okay? And we'll pray for you guys too. Whoever else needs it. Thank you, God. You're just going to take a step of faith, all right? Sound good? Right? Pressure's off because Jesus is the one who paid for healing. So it's on him. All right? So I'm going to pray. What was your name? Benjamin. Benjamin. All right. Jesus, thank you for Benjamin. Thank you that you paid the price for his healing. So we just speak to this dyslexia to get out in Jesus' name. Thank you that you're the healer. We just release healing over his mind in Jesus' name right now. We receive it by faith. Amen? All right. Now, what, how, what, what was it like for you to read publicly before this moment? Oh, 
never done it. Never done it? Apart from my baptism two weeks ago, and I struggled a lot. Struggled a lot? Okay, so there's no pressure here, but I believe that God just touched you. So I want you to just go ahead and read John 3.16. Do you know John 3.16? You know what it says? Okay. All right, so just go ahead and read that right there. For God so loved the world that he gave his only gotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That sounded dang good. All right. Read that one. Read verse 17. For God did not send his son to the world to condemn the world, but that he, the world through him might be saved. How's that feel, bro? Ah, welcome to your new life. <laughs> Come here. Just in case, some of you guys think you might have the scriptures memorized. Do you have the Bible memorized, those verses memorized at all? No. So there's no way you could have done that beforehand. I've never tried, to be honest. What happened normally when you read words? I get confusion and it just overlaps and I can't obtain memory and yeah. That didn't happen there? No. So what does that mean to you? Going home to read the Bible. Do it again. Read something else. Keep going. And immediately the man was made well, took up on his bed and walked. Thank you, God. Who else need he needs healed of dyslexia? Come here. Come here, son. All right. Now, now here's what we're going to do. You're going to pray for him. Put your hands on him. And just pray. There's nothing. This is not a test. All right? It's, we're going to pray God's will, right? It's not. Here's an illegal prayer. Father, if it be thy will. That's an illegal prayer. Because you'll never find that anywhere in scripture. Ever. <laughs> when Jesus prayed, he didn't pray. He spoke and commanded. He knew the will of his father. So he said, be healed. Or he sent a word, and words became spirit. But he knew the will of his Father, and the will of his Father is for you to be healed. Okay? So the pressure's off, bro. This is easy. Jesus took the pressure to the cross, and he nailed it on the cross. We're just taking it by faith, okay? So now, what was your name again? Benjamin, you're a revivalist. Benjamin, the presence of God lives in you. All right? You're going to make a declaration over him, and then he's going to move in faith. In the name of the Father, I ask you to heal this man. Cast out anything that is holding him, holding him back. In the name of Jesus Christ. Dyslexia. Get out. I take authority over you in Jesus' name. Get out. It's the will of God for you to be healed in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, come here. You're going to just move in faith. You ready? Now, what's it like for you to read before this moment? 
Actually, the Holy Spirit taught me the very when I got filled in the Holy Spirit, when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's more that I reverse numbers and things around like that. So, so can you read out loud before this moment? Yes, yes. You can, but what what happens with you? Sometimes I'll be reading one thing and then I'll jump to another. Sometimes, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so go ahead and try something right there. Oh, the thief comes to kill and destroy, except to steal and to kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and they may, oh, and they may have it more abundantly. How was that? Good. Then Jesus said to them again, Most surely I say to you, I am the door of the shepherd. All who here come before me are thieves and robbers. But, but the sheep did not hear them. So how, how was that for you? Was that hard to do before that? It's hard to see. All right. Well, I think you did great. Anybody else here need healed? The dyslexia? All right. He's going to pray for you. You pray for him too. You guys pray for him too. All right. Anybody else? You need healed right here? Your husband. Okay. So you going to take it for her husband. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Does anybody here have scoliosis? Somebody has pain in their shoulder blades. Right shoulder blade. We got pain in your right shoulder blade. Come here. Right over here. Okay, come here. We're almost done. I know we're over time, okay? You guys having fun? You Okay. Okay. All right. In Jesus' name. What's your pain level at right now? Oh, when I lift up my arm or anything, it's probably about an eight. An eight? Okay. Does it hurt right now when you lift it up? All right. Okay. Come here, buddy. You're the revivalist. Put your hand on her shoulder and bring her healing. Huh? Okay. okay. You got healed last night. All right. So now release healing right now over her. In the name of Jesus Christ, I have authority to cast out any of, these heal uh, any of this pain that's holding you back. Take it away, Father. Help this lady see through this life without pain, with ease. Shoulder, shoulder blade, be healed in the name of Jesus. Okay, go ahead and try it out. Do something you couldn't do before. How's that feel? It's, it's still sort of catching me in here. So does it feel any better? It feels better than it was. So what was it? Pain level, was it like what? Yeah. Pain level is an eight. What's the pain level at now? Maybe about three. Okay, hold on a second. So it was at a pain eight. Now it's down to three. Would it have happened that fast without prayer? I mean, like you were, you're like it's at an eight. Yeah, that's amazing. Okay, so hold on a second. You, we're going for the full thing, but I want to show you something right now. How do you partner with heaven? Okay, you recognize what he's doing. Give thanks. And then watch it increase. This is how the kingdom of God works. Okay? How many guys have ever seen what God's not doing? And you focus on that, and it just makes you miserable. All right? 
It's because you're going to manifest the kingdom you're the most aware of. So, you prayed. We saw healing. And it went from an eight to a three. Wow! Benjamin was uh, seven or eight last night to start with and then down to a four. Now it's gone. Come on, baby. Come on, Benjamin. So we're going to pray again. Now, Jesus, remember he prayed for the blind guy and his eyes get healed? And they get halfway healed? And he said, you know, what do you see? And he said, I see men like trees walking around. And then Jesus prayed again, and then they got folded. If Jesus had to pray twice, and I got to pray ten times, I'm good with that. Because I'm still learning. Right? So you went from eight to a three. So we'll pray again, and uh, yeah, we'll pray again. And then you had a pain too? Okay, so you, you pray for her, and then I'm going to pray for him. Right here, you need healing too? Okay, Jordan's going to pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. Speak to the shoulder. Be healed in Jesus' name. So we know what God's doing. He told us about shoulder blades. In Jesus' name, we just release healing right now. Healing grace. Thank you, God healing grace. Thank you, God. Come, Holy Spirit. Touch in Jesus' name. Try that out. What was your pain level at? I'm not sure about pain level, but I do that with that, but yeah, so that's as far as I go with that, so it was probably about there before. It's gone up a little bit. Okay. Still hurts a little bit. So in Jesus' name, thank you, God, for your, that you're moving. Thank you that you're doing something. And God, we just recognize what you're doing. Thank you for what you're doing, Lord. Thank you for what you're doing. You paid the price for this. We just declare right now, by your stripes, he is healed in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. How you doing? Great. Is, your, is the pain gone? That's amazing. Look at that. Yes, God. Incredible. How you doing? Hallelujah. Is, that's a little better than it was. Is that what you're saying? Full mobility. Thank you, God. Full mobility. Thank you, Lord. Somebody here have bone spurs on your feet? Right over there? Okay. Come here. Come on over here. Bone spurs on your feet. That's just got to go. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. All right. Where'd, where'd Benjamin go? You ready, bro? You ready? All right. Come on over here and put your hands down here on their feet. Yep. You're the revivalist. And so are you. Come here. What's your name, son? Charlie. Charlie. Why don't you put your hands on, on their feet down here? Feet be whole in Jesus' name. Bone spurs dissolve right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I speak to these bone spurs. Be dissolved in Jesus' name. Get out in Jesus' name. Go in Jesus' name. Thanks, God. Thanks, God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Somebody here has brain fog as a result of 
self-inflicted drug abuse. And God's forgiven you. The shame's gone. And the Lord is restoring you right now. He's restoring you. Is, this over you? is that you too? No? Okay. <laughs> okay. Somebody else. She's like, no. In Jesus' name, we just released. You know, this is cool. You guys want to hear a testimony? And testimonies. How do I, how am I, how do I do revival? Here's how you do revival. You ready? The testimony. Revelation 19.10 says the spirit, testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. You guys got it. So when you release the testimony, you're releasing the same spirit that did the first miracle to do the next one. I was in Brazil years ago, and the Lord said to me, somebody there destroyed their liver from alcoholism. So somebody raises her hand, prayed for him, and that, I said, how would you know you're healed? He said, I would know I'm healed if I drink a Coke, because it would immediately turn into pain. So he went and he pounded a Coke, and all the pain was gone. Ate a bunch of food, all of his pain was gone. So the Lord is redemptive, amen? That's who he is. So we just released that testimony for my friend right here in Jesus' name. Thank you, God, that you were making all things new, restoring all things in Jesus' name. How's your foot? How's your feet? It's feeling way better? Yeah. What was your pain level at? Um, it was very high early today, then someone halved it, and now it's feeling really, really good now. It's amazing. Can you do this? Yeah, and it feels a lot better. Come on, give God praise for that. How's your feet? How's your feet? It feels a bit better? What was wrong? Um, I've had a procedure on my foot that went a bit wrong. There's spurs, there's a whole lot going on. So it's been uh, about eight months. Wow. What was your pain level at before you got prayer? Uh, it was probably about a six. Wow. And it's down to a three? That's amazing. Come on, God's doing it. God's moving. Complete it in her life in Jesus' name. How about you, bro? What's going on? A hard brain injury. I have a hard brain injury. That's why my speech is not 100%. But I was in the accident in Jesus' name. I died 72 hours. And I'm in church. I just want Jesus. I'm a Jesus freak. You're a Jesus freak. Come on. You are. So, Lord, we just pray right now for full restoration in Jesus' name. Full restoration in Jesus' name. His brain to his mouth right now in the name of Jesus. I call all things into alignment with the kingdom of God right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. I just love Jesus. I'm, like I said, I'm a Jesus freak. You are a Jesus freak. Come on, you are a Jesus freak. How you feeling, bro? Floating. Come on, ain't no, ain't no high like the Most High. <laughs> Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Where'd Benjamin go? My revival. Come here. Come on up here. All right. 
So, you want to flow in words of knowledge? Okay. So right now, Holy Spirit lives in you. He wants to flow through you to touch people here. This is the safest place to try this. Okay. So say, Holy Spirit, who are you healing? Who, who are you healing? No, no, ask, who are you healing, Lord? All right, now just stop and just, just let whatever comes to your mind. Nothing. It's all right. Just wait for a minute. There's no pressure. Depression. What else? Suicidal thoughts. Anxiety. Those are good words of knowledge. Cancer. Anybody here been diagnosed with cancer? Okay. Yeah. Is somebody here struggling? If you're struggling with depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, okay? First of all, I want to tell you right now, this is a family. This is a safe place where you can come and get healed. Amen? And so... Don't let shame keep you there. Depression, fear, and anxiety, and suicidal thoughts are actually pretty powerless. It's really easy to beat. You just got to just say, yes, that's me. And, and then we'll pray for you. It'll break, we'll break it off you. It's not even who you are. It's not your identity. You are a saint. You're the righteousness of God in Christ. That's who you are. So we can just get rid of that. Okay? But don't, you can't, don't swim alone in a swimming pool. Don't drown in a public swimming pool with everybody watching you. All right? So if that's you right now and you want to get free of depression, anxiety, fear, suicidal thoughts, come on up here. Come on, brother. Right there. Who else? Anybody else? Come on, brother. Come on. So good. Yes. Let's go. Man, God bless you. God bless you. Come on. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. God, would just declare your love, the love of the Father of my friend right now. Just declare the love of God right now in Jesus' name. Unconditional love of God in Jesus' name right now. Spirit of fear, I bind you in Jesus' name, and I cast you out of this man in Jesus' name. Come out of this man. Leave him alone in Jesus' name. Leave him in Jesus' name. Leave him in Jesus' name right now. In Jesus' name right now. Thank you, God. Fire. More. In Jesus' name, be free. Be free. Be free. Be free. It's not who you are. It's not even who you are. You're amazing dreams of God live inside of you. He has a purpose and a plan and a destiny for you. 
I break you free from shame, from fear and anxiety right now in Jesus' name. You are unconditionally loved by your Father. He is not criticizing you. He's not shaming you. He loves you. He adores you. You're gifted. You're talented. You're not like everybody else because you've been uniquely designed in the, in the image of the Father. And that's why God designed you. He made you. So we break you free. We release you from the words that have been spoken over you that would tell you you have to be like so-and-so or creating this expectation you felt like your whole life, you like you just don't line up with who you're supposed to be. But I release you from that because the Father designed you. The Father made you in, you, in your mother's womb. He knit you together. You're not crazy. You're normal. We just release right now the love of God over you in Jesus' name. Love of the Father. Love of the Father. Thank you so much, God. Thank you, God. Oh, oh, yeah, touch your God, the love of the Father, thank you God, you know scripture says that you just stay right there bro, you're doing great man, you just rest in the Father's love like a baby man, you just lay there, scripture says oh magnify the Lord with me, let us exalt his name together. Doesn't say, oh, magnify the problem with me. Oh, magnify the dysfunction with me. Oh, magnify the depression. No, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Touch with your love. Love of God. Love of God. Love of God. How do you feel?
anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to God and the peace of God will transcend and guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus finally think on whatever is true whatever is right whatever is noble whatever is praiseworthy if anything is of an excellent report think on those things I command right now anxiety to get out in Jesus name I command fear out in Jesus' name. Yeah. Say, peace come. Peace of God come. Love of God come. Thank you, Lord. Touch God more. Thank you, Lord. Sometimes you just got to soak in the barbecue sauce. Get marinated in the love of the Father. Oh, come on. So good. Benjamin, where'd you go? Where you at? See? First you're like, oh, I got nothing. I got nothing, mate. You know, listen. That was what you had at first. But you waited, Right? And then it came. So when you feel like you got nothing, don't move in unbelief. Wait in faith. Good on you, mate. A little better, a little better, a little better. We got any kids here that want to walk in power? Any children in the room? Well, hallelujah. Praise God. Yeah, so fun. See, you guys can do this. <laughs> hey, sweetie. I don't know that she knows what's going on. But <laughs> All right, come on. Hi, sweetie. Yeah. Hallelujah. Can you guys, does anybody here have a testimony? Everybody's got a testimony, right? You can stand in front of people and get words of knowledge, right? You can see what God is doing, and you can release it, and then give thanks, and watch it increase. The kingdom of God is flowing through you. How do you get good at this? Practice. You got to just practice. Just keep going. Just keep going. Don't stop. Get around other people that are doing this, releasing the kingdom. I'm telling you right now, your, your whole life is about to just go to the whole new level, just in crazy, crazy ways. Amen. Hey, maybe you're sitting right now and you're going, I've never seen anything like this before. Maybe you're like, this is a, this is a first. Maybe you've never given your life to Christ before. And you want to you surrender your life to Jesus. You know, Scripture says, for all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us have. Romans 6.23 says, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. But God demonstrated his own love towards us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And if we call on the name of the Lord, we'll be saved. So if you're in this place right now and you'd say, you know what? I want to come out of darkness. 
and I want to come into God. I want, I want Jesus to live his life through me. And you haven't surrendered your life to Christ right now. I want to pray with you. So if that's you, just, just wave your hand in the air and wave it, wave it up so I can see you. Anybody here who wants to give your life to Christ? Are you raising your hands? Oh, no, 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 no. Anybody here want to give your life to Jesus? Over here? Is somebody raising their hand over here? I can't see. Come on. Anybody here? I'll wait just a second. The Holy Spirit's calling you. Your heart's pounding. You're like, I don't know if I want to do this. Listen, the first thing you got to die to is what other people think about you. You got to die to that. That's why you should respond in a time like this. And scripture says, Jesus said these words, whatever you agree on in prayer, it'll be done for you. So I want to agree with you in prayer for your soul to be saved. Anybody here want to give your life to Christ? All right, how about this? This is going to take another level of boldness. Are you ready? I'm going to tell you guys this right now. When I was a kid, 12 years old, I saw pornography, and it hooked me right away. And I took it, I went home, and I hid it in my room, and I didn't tell anyone about it. And I, I hid my room, and you know all the stuff that goes with that. And then when I got radically saved at 18 years old, one of the first things I did is I went home and I tore up that piece of, that, that pornography. I threw it away. That was 28 years ago and I've never gone back to porn since then. I've seen thousands of people get set free from pornography. Thousands. So if you're in this room right now and you want to be free from a porn addiction, listen, I, I know how it, it shapes your thinking. It changes your brain so you only see through addiction and you only see through, well, I've always had this problem and you have no faith for God to touch you. You just need to repent. That means change the way you think. That means step out of darkness and step into light. The fastest way to get free is in a room like this with everybody looking around and you say, I need, free I need freedom. It's the fastest way to come out of it. What you've been doing obviously hasn't worked. Now I know some of you guys might be thinking, you're like, well, yeah, I've been free for two weeks. That's not freedom, all right? I'm talking about free for months and years. You break out of it and then you create a new life. But some of us, we're, we're trying to quit porn. We're trying to quit it with a 12-step process. Well, I just, I'm going to put my phone over here at night. I'm going to do this. And, and that's all good. But the first thing that needs to happen is you don't have a, you don't, I'm going to tell you this right now. You don't have a porn problem. You have a sin problem. And that needs to be repented of. And when you come to God, you let the blood of Jesus wash you clean and break that chain of addiction out of your life. And then you step into mercy and you receive grace and freedom and you get right with God. And that becomes the power place to stay free from pornography. Amen? So if you're here right now and you're like, okay, I want to do this. Now I know what's, what's going on. There's a wrestle going on inside of you right now. You're like, I don't know if I want to do this. This is scary. Other people are going to know. Who cares if they know? Has anybody here ever struggled with anything in their life? Raise your hand. Everybody has. Fact, here's what I'm gonna do first. Watch this. Here's what I'm gonna do first. If you're in this room and you've already been set free from porn in the past and you haven't looked at it in either months or years, raise your hand. That's amazing. Look at that. Look around. This that's how many people have been set free from porn. All right. So if you're in this room right now, listen. 
if you're in here and you're struggling with this, you need to, you need to respond to this. What's my wife going to think? Whatever. She's going to be excited you're getting free. Your husband's going to be excited you're getting free. Okay? The devil is a liar. Lies release fear. Behind every fear is a lie telling you if you respond, they're never going to see you the same again. They're going to think you're a dirty pervert. They're going to think all these things. And it's just not true. In fact, it doesn't even matter what they think. But here's what I can tell you, all right? There are four doors the enemy comes into our lives and, and, and oppresses us through. Sexual morality is one of the main doors he comes into our lives and he brings oppression into our lives. Fear, bitterness and unforgiveness, and drugs in the occult are the other three, okay? But this is a big one because when you sin sexually, you're not just lying. You're actually sinning against your body and you're bringing strongholds into your body. So it has to be repentance. You got to come out from darkness and demonic strongholds actually lose all their power when you step into truth. The blood of Jesus is what breaks every chain. It's the blood of Jesus that washes you clean. It's the blood of Jesus that breaks chains. Amen. All right, if you're in this room right now and you want to get free, raise your hand. Right now, do it. Come on. Yes. Come on. Get up here right now. Step into freedom. Anybody else? Come on. Come on. Let's go. Let's go. Come on. It's a new day. It's a new day. It's a new day. Anybody else? Anybody else? Come on. It's a new day to get to get free. To get free. You're gonna the mood swings are gonna be over. God bless you guys. The mood swings are gonna be over. You're gonna get your mind back. This thing is gonna, you're no longer gonna be a slave to it. Amen. You coming up here? Come on. So good. Hey, if you're in this room right now and you're having maybe same-sex attraction, identity crisis, if you're going, man, I, I don't know what this thing is, but sometimes I feel attracted to the people of the same sex. I'm going to tell you right now, it's not who you are. It's just not who you are. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It's a lie. It's a lie. How do we break lies? By stepping into the light. By stepping into the light. Amen? This is a place of unconditional love. You're going to be loved. If you want that gone and out of your life, raise your hand. Come on up here. Come on up here. God bless you, man. God bless you. Anybody else? Come on. God bless you. Come right over here. Come on. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, here's what we're going to do. Ready? I'm going to lead you guys in a prayer of repentance then you're going to receive the father's love and then we're going to renounce the spirit of perversion okay we're going to renounce it here's the here's the deal how do you get free it comes from the knowledge and the revelation of what jesus who he is and what he paid for jesus christ is alive he's about to set you free he died on a cross to free you his hands were pierced so your hands could be free his thoughts were pierced with a crown of thorns so your thoughts could be whole. His feet were pierced so you could walk in freedom. He was emptied so you could be filled. You can't white knuckle your way into freedom. You surrender your way into freedom. You surrender your way there. You surrender. You surrender to truth. 
You surrendered to truth. And I'm so proud of you guys. It's what you're doing. It's what you're doing. Amen? So we're going to repent right now together. We're all going to pray with you. Everybody point your hands right now and pray in tongues. Man, we're fighting with you guys. Amen? So here's what you're going to do. We're going to fully turn away from darkness. You ready? Say this together, together with me. Shout it out loud right here. Say, Jesus, I repent of sexual immorality. Forgive me, God. I turn away from sin, from darkness, from hiding and perversion. I give it to you. I surrender to Jesus. Wash me in the blood of Jesus. Make me clean from the inside out. Make me clean. Pull them hands up. You're good, you're good, you're good. Make me clean from the inside out. Freedom in Jesus' name. Freedom in Jesus' name. Put your hands out like this. Put your hands out. Say, God, I give you my hands. Thank you, God. Say, God, I just turn away. I just repent. I turn away. I just turn away. I turn away. I turn away. I turn away. Hold on. Stay in this place right here, but I got to tell you something. Stay in this place, but I got to tell you something. When I was 17, 18, when I was 18 years old, I was in my room, a place that I used to sin all the time with pornography, masturbate, sin, all that stuff in my room. I'm sitting there in my room, and I'm reading the Bible, and I read the part in the, in the Gospels where Jesus is talking about a Pharisee who this Pharisee would look up at the sky and say, God, I thank you that I am more righteous than this tax collector, that I give 10%, I fast, all this stuff, right? And then Jesus says, then there's a tax collector over there. The tax collector beat his chest, wouldn't even look at heaven and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. He wept and he cried out to God. And when he did that, Jesus said these words. I tell you the truth, the tax collector went away more justified and more righteous than the Pharisee. I found that verse and I found not just a verse, I found my voice. And I cried out to God and I said, God, have mercy on me for the sin of my life. Have mercy on me. And when I, when I repented like that, I, I found just tears that just began to flow. And those tears will wash your soul. They wash your heart. So right now, put your hand on your heart and say, God, give me a heart of repentance. I turn away from this sin. Forgive me, God. Wash me clean. Thank you, God. All right. Now here's what you got to remember. Just hear it right now. The Lord says you're forgiven, right? You're forgiven. First John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You are forgiven. Thank you for joining us today. To learn more about Fire Church, head to our website, firechurch.com.au. And don't forget to connect with us on social media, on Instagram, fire.church, Facebook, Fire Church, and YouTube, Fire Church TV. Have a blessed week.